Guys, it's time for another episode of the MI Ice Guys, podcasting hard water fishing in the Great Lakes State. Hey guys, it's the MI Ice Guys, and we are back in the Bear Cave studio. Uh, Chad's fresh back from uh, finishing out the 2019 season with, I might add, a championship win, sporting his new gold ring. It's pretty sexy there, Shab. It doesn't feel bad. <laughs> um, I, I was really admiring all the good uh, posts on social media that your agent was doing. Yeah. The the bald Mexican. And uh, except he forgot his main sponsor. Steph. Steph Cecil Enterprises. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was going to give I'll him some hell. If he, <laughs> I was going to give him some hell about that if he uh, did show up. Uh, guys, yeah. Well, they decided to take two quads. They took Steph's quad and Chad's quad so they could really, really scout. And it paid off. They won. Yeah, well, they did them for fishing too. We, it was more tournament day. We used them. It was it, it, whatever you did, you did it right. Yeah. It's a whole different definition of run and gun. <laughs> it, it was a lot of work. We, uh, we actually had sweat dripping off of us, and it was like twenty below. Hey, that, that's a good suit. The Norfin <laughs> suit must be good. He looks a little skinnier over uh, there. Yeah, we'll, we'll fix that <laughs> later. Because we, we uh, were hurting. I mean, it was uh, physically draining tournament for us well you know uncle myron always said you know it's work oh this, yeah we worked hard yeah well we, guys we we thought we'd get together and talk a little bit about current fishing around michigan here especially in lower peninsula um i had some family th- things going on last weekend chad was at the championship but stuff yeah i made it out our semi-retired guy <laughs> uh seemed to get to go fishing a number of times ah just one time went oh, up to okay. uh, mitchell lake up there in cadillac and they have decent ice up there, and it's making more today. So yeah, are they running machines up there yet? or Not quite yet. Not quite It's got to be close. They're good solid four inches up there on Monday. So we're it's not going to be long. They're going to have good yeah. potable ice up there. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, how was the bite? Ah, good. Yeah. Good mix, bluegills and crappies. Cool. The, they were fairly aggressive. They shut down right towards evening there. And I was like, it's time to go, boys. Yeah. Yeah, I was I out know. there with Norm Smith and yeah, I saw some Terry of Norm and, and Terry's pictures and Ed from the DNR. Cool, cool. Well, around Grand Rapids here, we haven't uh, we're seeing lakes close in, but I'm not seeing anything I would consider walkable yet. Um, I'm going to go looking up by my house tomorrow, I think, or the next day. See yeah, if stuff so wants to come up. And Chad's going to cover the U.S. 10 corridor. Yeah, see what he can find up there. Check that Pine Lake, man. I, I'd love to go try that. Yeah. I know we've tinkered with it in the summer yeah we've tried it once in the winter last year i bet that's got ice they're they're not easy to find fish there but what was that other lake we fished over at portage it's a small one chief chief yeah that one should be solid fish in it yeah so i'm hoping this weekend you know Mm -hmm. that uh we're going to be able to get back out my schedule's pretty well cleared so then over on the 37 court over by bitely and baldwin there's some lakes to check yeah especially if you got lakes that have a a good tree structure around them so they're not so much wind they didn't uh they weren't still making waves when everything you know the they got a chance to lock up yeah and that was what helped cadillac and mitchell was they were already locked when we got those big winds with the cold weather so they just made more rice yeah when wind was locked up is good but when before it locks up there's a pond right next i can see right out of my office window and we were watching white caps on that. I said, that's going to be hard to lock up. But today it was locked up, 
and the geese were walking across it and not falling through. So that was the first step. You're going to have to keep your eye on Muskegon Lake and let us know when we get good ice out there. Yeah, I figure when the little pond next to the office looks good, I'm going to drive that uh, 15 minutes north and check Muskegon Lake. Try our mid-January. Well, that's (laughs) kind of where I was thinking as well. Uh, One of my coworkers was actually talking to me today. He says, man, we could set tip-ups out there and run out the side door and go get them. I'm like, yeah, how many guys with inside of the windows got licenses? So... Uh, we've all got the itch, and uh, Chad got to go to Minnesota fish. Steph got to fish here in Michigan. I got a little dabble in uh, earlier, uh, not on what I would call really sound ice, but I did catch some fish and stuff. But you guys all want to make sure that uh, if you didn't listen to our last episode where we talk about the safety, it is that very dangerous time of the year. You better bring a spud and a yes. buddy. A buddy and a rope and uh, preferably your floating suit. Or some kind of PFD because uh, it's sketchy out there right now. Uh, One guy on the ice, Kyle, we talked to up there on Mitchell, and he had been through four times already this year. And I'm like, dude. (laughs) He's a good Baptist. (laughs) You got a spud that works well? (laughs) Yeah, that day I went, I didn't Checking it with your body is not recommended. Well, your brother would do that. That sounds like an Al Cecil move. Mm Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, there's a, we're looking forward to this early bite because, like Steph said, they're aggressive this time of the year. And hopefully we're going get to into, get into something really cool. Yeah. I'm Game hoping, on. you know, Christmas to New Year's, we should have some pretty solid ice, hopefully. Yeah, we're looking at uh, planning out some days in there. Fortunately, I've got some time off during that time period, too. So I'm trying to get some of the uh, USA guys to come over and get a little – practice up by my house get everybody ready hey i'm I'm up for that i got friends that want to come join us with that yep probably be up by hamlin or something yeah might be able to set a date for rage in a cage yeah yeah i just uh i'm i'm itching to go and uh get out there and do that and the uh if you didn't listen to our last episode the news is in that we are off to lithuania this year uh we're going to be traveling right around valentine's day middle of february fly out the 8th i think i think that's what we heard Yeah. yeah And we're going to be uh, traveling over there. And the good news for all you Michigan guys is the team is mostly Michigan. And we're really happy that we've heard the rumor mill says we are flying out of Grand Rapids. So I, That's going to be nice. No no trip to O'Hare and sitting around in that high-priced bar down there. And uh, the long ride back. Yeah, it's the drive back. The, rate, the way there, you're all excited. It's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. But that way home, <laughs> damn. <laughs> Oh, Chad's lovely wife will be jumping up and down at the gate waiting for him. So she probably yeah. has stuff sounds waiting for me. Yeah, oh, yeah. that could be yeah. more likely. But we're gonna come back here in just a couple of minutes, and we're gonna kind of get a recap from Chad on how his championship uh, tactics paid off for him, and we'll see what secrets he'll reveal reveal to us. So uh, we're the MI Ice guys, and we're gonna be right back. Guys, when you're out on the ice, do you protect your eyes? The MI Ice guys have partnered with Costa Del Mar Sunglasses. Made in America, made by hand. The thinnest glass technology for sunglasses. 100% UV protection. We love our Costas so much, we took them to Finland to the worlds. They allowed us to see where other people had been drilling before, protected our eyes in the blowing snow, and kept us looking good on the ice. Made in America, Costa Del Mar sunglasses. Get them online, get them at a local retailer near you. Remember, tell them the MI Ice guys sent you in. You need the best. Guys, and we're back. It's time to talk a little tournament fishing. 
Uh, as we mentioned in the first segment, Chad and Anthony won the national NAIFC. It's uh, really pretty cool. If you go to NAIFC.com, you can see all the standings. Uh, two-day tournament, right, Chad? Yep, two days, two-day total weight. Now, it's one lake, two lakes? It was two lakes this year. We were on uh, Bass Lake, and then we were on Snyder Lake in uh, northern Minnesota, like Natadavash or some Indian word. Some Indian word. Yeah. Pinehurst Resort. Pinehurst Park. Resort. There's something we can pronounce. Cool. Just don't look it up on the internet. I'll take it in, like, North Carolina. Yeah. Oh. Pine, Pinehurst, Minnesota. Yes. Okay. <laughs> So you got to get that legs. Minnesota part yeah. in there. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you guys went out there how early? Uh, we got, what we leave? We got out there. Right after Thanksgiving, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm trying to think. Did we leave Friday? I think we left Friday. Yeah, because we were. Got out there Friday night, something like that. Saturday night. Saturday night, yep. okay. We left Friday night, got out there Saturday afternoon. Drove straight through? Oh, yeah. Just cranking away, man. Anthony's new truck. About Started fishing hours. right when you got there? Uh, we unloaded and then went fishing. Cool. Cool. Uh, how big are those lakes? Um, Like seven, 800 acres for both of those. Okay. Six, maybe so, six, six, seven on one and eight something on the yeah, other. Yeah, pretty good size stuff. Good enough. Yeah. Cool. And uh, this was uh, eight crappie, eight bluegill. Yep. Both tournament. days. Both days. Yeah. So 16 fish a day per team. Yep. And... Uh, you know, I've I've seen that over the years and the events that I've been to and stuff, the rigs on the quads just keep getting more and more elaborate. Oh yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, now there's the the live scopes that are mounted on there the as pan well optics as optics and live scopes, the Garmin units, as well as uh, you know you got to keep your fish alive. So a lot of guys have coolers with aerators in them, and for the most part, there's. They're not going to be alive, just not frozen. Just not frozen. No. Okay. So we're running coolers. I mean, you can tell they were caught today. All right. Yeah. But it's uh, alive it's, and minus twenty is hard. <laughs> right. And but it's quite a rig because if you're dealing with a seven hundred acre lake and you got to carry augers, backup poles and gear. Yep. Back, uh, we have backup flasher. We got, you know, cameras. We got, you know, both have Garmin units and. You know, both have augers. I got the fish bucket on mine and the backup stuff. And then we have, you know, extra scales, extra batteries for the quads. I mean, fishing poles. Well, know. I remember that one year that uh, we were, you guys headed out after we did the tryouts over in Rhinelander. And the entire dash of the pickup truck was covered with schoolies. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, schoolies did play a big factor in this one, too. How many rods do you take? Uh, I ran three rods. Okay, but, you ran three rods, but how many did you travel to Minnesota? With? Oh, uh, I think I brought six rods and two long rods, so eight. Nothing crazy this year. That's that's pretty restrained for you. That's a yeah. light one. Yeah, we both both brought I think three rods on the ice. You can only use one at a time, but you know, a couple yeah. backups. Nothing crazy. Well, cool, cool. Now the you guys went out and you did a whole lot of scouting, obviously. And and we, you, a typical day of scouting. Outline it for us, will you? Um, well, first we uh, when we first got there, you know, Saturday afternoon, we had like three hours on the ice, maybe. And there was a, a few local guys out fishing, so we kind of were trying to see what they were setting up on because we'd never been to the lake, so we had no idea what what the fish liked. We saw what they were setting up on, and you know, we actually got they were on the edge of a basin for the most part, and the back little bay of the lake, and we. Both went opposite ways. I blind drilled across the edge of the basin and ran across some fish. 
and went and got Anthony and I mean caught a pound and a quarter crappie and like a nine inch gill and there was a ton of fish there you know but it was almost dark and we're like this is probably at least a 10 pound spot right here you know by what we saw the 20 minutes we fished I was like this might be a 10 pound spot you know that's usually really good in eight and eight tournaments to get 10 pounds is a really good lake yeah so we uh saturday morning or uh sunday morning when we got up we went right out there and i took one edge of that back bay and anthony took the other and the the side i got to take was the side we caught fish on you know i got lucky and got to take that side and i saw multiple schools and one probably like 60 80 foot school and we're like the tournament's getting one back here Jim and Zach from Nebraska, Hesse and Nadalski, went through it. As we were pulling out, they were coming in there. So we're like, well, they found it. So, and they're, you know, a top team, always always up there fighting. They ended up third place. They had a rough first day. But so we found those fish. And then there was a big community hole on one end of the lake that had like, uh, there's like three separate little basins. And the back bay had one. The main community hole had a little basin. And then right by the launch, had a little basin. And the fish were on the edges of that, like on the, following the contours. So that's, I mean, everybody patterned that, and they were having a hard time finding the main lake fish because they were actually out on the flat part. Like, we spent an entire day, Sunday morning, after we found the first spot, you know, we're like, okay. We shaded our, our fish finders, our GPSs on our quads, to those depths, like 17 to 22. We shaded and that's what we worked. We we each went one day one way around the lake. We went circled almost the entire lake and probably saw less than 10 fish. So we're like that's not the pattern. Yeah. It so we're looking at it like well maybe it's just these three basins, but like there's got to be more fish than that. And there was two days coming up that were going to be like you know 10 below. So like, well, we're only going to scan, you know, use the Garmin units to check the basins because, you know, it's easier to stay warm that way when you're not cameraing or fishing. Right. So, you know, we did a little bit on Snyder. Snyder Lake was loaded with fish and they were following the contours and the flats. There's just a lot of fish there. You know, it was going to be a fun one there for sure with some quality fish, too, because we did catch Anthony on Sunday night, caught some some good fish in one area and got lucky. You know, one other team found it. You know, and so it was like perfect, you know, so we had that to ourselves basically. And then, uh, so the cold days we went out and scanned the basins. I, I, well, actually the one day I went to Bass, Anthony went to Snyder and I scanned the basins and we heard rumors of fish in the basins from some of our buddies. So, you know, we knew the, to look, I started scanning it and figured out that they're on the flat, the deepest flat part. So like 32, 33 feet when he found that. You needed to start looking a little harder and found multiple schools of fish. And I didn't fish them. I didn't do anything. You could kind of tell that it was what you were looking for. I just GPS as many spots as I could find with fish. And then one school was like 80 foot long and like 10 feet high. I was like, I got to make sure that this is what we're, you know, it's actually bluegill and crappie. <laughs> I drill right in the middle of it, get a like three quarter pound crappie. And I was like, well, okay, it's paying fish. It's the right fish. There'll be pounders in there. We're good. So we were good there, and, like, we got to take it easy on the two coldest days because we pretty much had both lakes. We had a real good idea what was going on in both lakes. And it was, like, 10, 20 below and windy, so, you know, we weren't, 
you know, noon to three, we'd kind of go out, you know, took it easy, made sure everything was going to stay working and not kill ourselves. Yeah, equipment failure's got to be yeah. a big concern. A- Anthony days. did have his his panoptics went down the first night. Yeah, I read we something there. about having to get a new deucer in. Yep, Garmin hooked him up with a new deucer, you know, two years, so it was still covered. They sent him, you know, gave him a new one. Nate Winters went and picked it up and talked to the Garmin rep at the St. Paul Ice Show, and they just, you know, well, it's two years old. Here you go. Send nice. the old one in, so that helped out a lot too. You know, they they backed the product, which was always nice to see. But then uh, Friday night, we uh, were like, okay, we got we never went back in the one back bay of the lake because not hardly anybody found it. Right. But we're not going to go show everybody that there's more fish back there. We're going to stay out of it. Friday night, we went back there and they'd moved. <laughs> you know, there was some we got to get. Finally, got on a few, but it wasn't what it was. So that made our decision easier to go out in the basin where we where our other fish were, but uh, we and we that sixty foot school. Me and Anthony went and sat on it right at dark just to see, and we caught probably five feet apart, caught a po- pair of pound and a quarter fish. Like, okay, this is what we're looking for. But uh, the start of the Saturday morning was our normal start. You know, we get off to blazing starts every morning. About nine o'clock, we put our first line in the water. You know, the tournament starts at eight. We're on our fourth spot. Because we you know, other teams, you know, they just you got to get set up and get fishing. We were using the Garmin units to find exactly what we wanted, and we didn't fish till we found it. And then our first setup, Anthony pulled a pound and a halfer. So, and I got a, I got probably a pounder, pound and a pound one, something like that. So now I mean, you guys, you guys bring a scale right out there. Oh, so yeah, you're not yeah. estimating. You know. Oh no, yeah, we we know exactly. Yeah, it was you know, and it it weighed one point five on jack scale on that got way we know what our nice. fish weigh nice a lot of we weigh every fish and we know almost exactly what we have so you know for the guys that are listening you know kind of reviewing some of the equipment that you guys are taking more than the average guy does out there because you're worried about evaluating yeah. exactly which fish to keep well we lost a championship two years ago to jim and zach by 0.02 pounds which is 18.1 grams and we broke our scale, only had one with us, and we didn't get to weigh our bluegill. So we got, you know, we probably had 30, 35 bluegill between the two of us, and we get to turn in eight. You know, usually your top four or five, you can eyeball those like they're bigger, but the next three or four, yeah, you got 18 grams was pro- maybe in there. You never know. Well, you know, 18 grams, what's that, a small roach? Yeah, something ate a little bit more than the other one. Right. He had you know. a couple more uh, little grubs. Yeah, that's it. So, yeah, we make sure we have two. I mean, we got two scales, like six, eight batteries, three fish finders, you know, both the Garmin units, you know. Now, let's talk about the the Garmin units there because that's some pretty relatively new stuff. Yeah. Uh, This is the first season with LiveScope. Yeah, first season for us with LiveScope. Uh, I know a couple of the past couple of years people have had some panoptics out there. Some of the teams had LiveScope last year too. And, you know, Panoptics works good enough too, but live scope's a little more detailed. So if there's structure or the fish are closer to bottom, I think the live scope shows that a little bit easier. It's easier to read maybe. So just to describe this to the guys, basically we have a kind of like a about a seven inch screen, I guess, a seven, yeah, eight inch nine, screen. Nine. And uh yeah, well it depends on what you buy the big model yeah. like stuff or the yeah. little model. Anthony has a seventy three, I have a ninety three. And so you're looking with a transducer that is pointed sideways. Yep. So it's you like put a shaft down. Yeah. You sh- and now you can turn this thing 
and look off in a distance. Yep. We got them set to about 90 feet. It's what I had mine set at 90 feet. So I could see, you know, spinning around in a circle, I could see 90 feet all the way around me. Well, I remember when we fished it in the PM when we were uh, jigging for salmon that day this summer, yep. beginning of August, and Chad was showing me that it's really easy to just say, oh, hey, look, they're out there and they're, you know, 50 feet out or 60 feet out. These fish were absolutely flying. Like, very rare do you see fish swimming like these fish were in these two lakes. We were actually, what we do when we hit, we go to our waypoints. So we're on Bass Lake, one of my waypoints. We'd split, we can be 100 feet apart in the tournament rules. We'd split up about 100 feet apart and we'd parallel the basins. And when one of us, you know, we'd watch each other. When one of us would see one, you know, maybe they're 80 feet when we get on them. So, like, eight, the one guy is like they're 80 feet that way. So the other quad, you know, the other guy would hop on his quad, run right to that spot, drill a hole, put his unit in, see where they're at. The other guy would get out, get on his and get wherever that guy was pointing. So now they're 40 feet that way. And once we got them inside, a, you know, 20 feet, we'd start thinking about fishing. We actually ran my quad out of gas the first day and almost ran them both out of gas the second day. We're going to have to get you guys some jerry cans for the uh, back now. We've never been I, – I didn't fill up the first day. I was at like three-quarters tank. I'm like, there ain't no way. You know, we've been going through like a quarter tank of gas. You know, I got three quarters. I mean, I yeah, was – We know what to get Chad for his birthday. Yeah, I was trying to get my quad in the, in the garage to get warmed up before the garage filled up. Yeah. Because it was like 20 below out. We wanted to get them melted off and get them in there so the batteries would start and run good. Right. And I should have, I looked at him like, ah, there's no way I'll run out of gas. But yeah. I ran out of gas with about half hour to go, you know, running on fumes. Those left her out there and we hopped on steps and rode her in. But, but we were looking at it like we were actually out there bluegill fishing because we're like, we have a pound and a quarter average on our crappies. Our bluegills are pretty sorry. Let's just go to a bluegill spot. And that's that's pretty rare. Both days we came in early. We were we were done. You know, we were like, what do you want to do? Like, we went bluegill fishing. We've never done that before in tournaments. <laughs> I mean, we were like, okay, we're good. But whatever, I mean. Got, got our eight and eight. Well, we had, you know. Yeah, you well, can, I saw day one you guys had big fish. Yeah, day one we had big fish. Day two we were like third or fourth big fish. But, I mean. You can only keep 20 crappie, so you got to be careful between the two of you. In Minnesota, it's 20 bluegill, 10 crappie a person, so you got to be careful on that, you know. And we got some throwbacks that we are, you know, that are in the shanty that we're not turning in, well, in the back tray of the quad, I guess. But so I mean, we knew that the bluegills were bigger on day two, but the crappie were bigger on day one. So we just we had to chase them with the quads, and we we worked hard. And well, I know that, out. you know, in the past, Steph and I, we've, when we're walking Reed's Lake and other lakes and stuff, we've, we've done the old transducer swing, but now that you guys have live scopes, I mean, this is we were, we were transducer swinging when we were on them and probably the biggest key to winning for us anyway, you know, for the tournament was the, there was a lot of bluegills in the schools and only so many crappie in each school and the, the biggest crappie bit first. So we, we sampled more schools. Like a lot of teams would catch a big fish and they'd stay on that school. Once it turned into bluegill or the size wasn't there, we went to a different school of fish. And sometimes you just, you catch the big one and they'd, they'd split and disperse. And you just, we'd leave that school, let them set back up and we'd get another big fish out of that school later in the day in that area. But a lot of teams just, they, 
got a big one in that school that stay with that school where we just leave them. We bounce between multiple schools of fish, letting them set back up and relax or just that's a bluegill school. We don't need those. And yeah, a lot of teams didn't figure that out or didn't do that. So well, tournament fishing is obviously a, a lot bigger uh, commitment and quite a different strategy than yeah. just trying to get a meal for the house. A lot of teams caught way more fish than us. We didn't because we weren't set on the bluegills. When we each caught a bluegill or two, it was, I mean, Time we weren't even going to bother with that school anymore for a while. So a lot of teams sat there and caught those fish, and we'd look over and be like, man, how is everybody getting on top of these fish? And we can't, but they were on top of bluegill schools, and we could set on those. But bluegills, you know, you need bluegills, but the crappies – you got to have pound crappies before yeah, you get bluegills. That's where your real weight numbers come yeah. in. I mean, there so. was ten ounce bluegills in this in the second day late. Yeah, and we had two of those. Well, one and one close, but I mean, we had a half pound average on bluegills, and that's what we were really looking for. We knew what we needed for bluegills. We had like three, three and a quarter on the first day, and just over four the second day. You know, we gave away a half pound basically both days on bluegills, possibly if somebody really did good, but the odds of them doing good enough to get the crappies and get those is not likely so yeah we yeah. went you know you got to go for the bigger fish and we've we have went bluegill fishing in tournaments before we went crappie fishing just to get them out of the way and like just because they're cookie cutter all the same and just like us but the bluegills were mixed in with the crappies so we didn't have to do that right right well we're going to take a short break and when we come back we're going to talk about some local michigan tournaments that we can do as well as the rest of the uh, the 2020 naifc schedule and where maybe some of you guys that are listening might be able to come in, come play along and uh, fish these tournaments and, you know, at least come to a weigh-in. It's, it's really remarkable stuff. So You'd we're be the, amazed how much you learn at one of the, one of the big tournaments. Oh, yeah. It's, it's impressive for me. So we're the MIIs, guys. We're going to be back in just a moment. Hey, guys. Chaz here from the MIIs, guys. I want to talk to you about K&E Stopper Lures, especially the Scandia line of tungsten jigs. I've been having a great time fishing with these this year and last year. The new colors are awesome. Check them out. Get out there to your local sporting goods shop and look for that blue packaging with yellow text on it. Pick up a Scandia lure or 10. It's a whole lot of fun to fish with. They're bright, they're durable, and good stuff. Hey guys, we're back and hey, Wow, that was some uh, really cool stuff about the championships and Chad telling us a little bit about their strategy and stuff. And, you know, guys, there's, uh, as we mentioned at the end of the last segment, and you get out in one of these tournaments and start running with these guys that uh, have jobs like Chad where they guide all summer, so they're fishing all summer with that. And But the winter when the river freezes up or gets a little too cold out for clients to want to come ride the boat – Although I hear that some might want to go this weekend. Some are crazy. Some are crazy. Uh, well, he'll take them if they want to go. <laughs> the, uh, you know, the ice fishing season, you come out when the guys are out there and you learn so much and watching, fishing with them, even fishing with them on, for fun. If you see any of the guys from USA Ice, uh, you can see us typically we're in our red, white, and blue suits, uh, have our red, white, and blue chromers on, stuff like that. You know, stop by, say hi. Um, ask us a few questions. We're unless we're in a tournament situation, we're usually pretty open about chatting with people and you know saying hi, give you a tip or two, or answer a question. 
And remember that always on MIIceguys.com, you can do that, ask an MIIce guy, and it'll email out to all of us, and usually most of us answer. Fire back you an answer about questions, whether you want to know more about the live scope or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the the question that we got during our seminars a couple of weekends ago, what's the perfect jig? And, uh, you know, the answer is all the of them. That, the one that's getting bit. All of them. <laughs> you got to have a selection. So uh, it's, uh, you know, a, a quite a deal to do that. And especially if you're getting into a little bit of the tournaments. And so we wanted to talk a little bit about the tournaments and stuff. Now, NAIFC is one of the uh, things that's multi-state. It's right around the Midwest. Uh, go as far out as, what, Montana? Yep. Um, so Chad... It's got the schedule pulled up, so you want to just highlight some of those lakes for us? Well, I'll tell you which which ones we're going to first, I guess. We're going to Green Lake and uh, Spicer, Minnesota, I guess. And then the next one's Hebgen Lake in Montana. We're skipping that one this year. That's, Don't, that's the one where Steph fell in like over his head in deep snow because oh there's some no uh, <laughs> Steph's worst one was probably Bulgaria for the snow. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah. Montana has snow like that too. And then uh, Okaboji, Iowa. We'll be at that one, I think. You know, some good bluegills. And then there's Redstone in Reedsburg, Wisconsin. Five, six hours from the house, but I think uh, we're kind of on the every other week schedule is what we're thinking right now. Then we got Channel Lake in Antioch, Illinois, which is uh, an awesome fishery. Yeah, uh, that's is one that we that went perch to. one, right? No, no, this is bluegill crappie. No, we oh, went okay. to that one last year, didn't we? No, you went to Indiana. Indiana. Channel is... Uh, I got a 2.16 pound crappie last year, 16 incher for big fish. Wow, that's you know, in that lake. That's <laughs> uh, there's some giants, but that that weekend is the same weekend as the Knutsons Midwest Outdoor or Midwest Midwest Open. Open. Okay, so that'll take some people, and then the next weekend after that is Pine Lake, which you guys went to. Yep, but in that's, Newport, Indiana. Yeah, that's when we're flying out for Lithuania, though. Yep, and then. While we're in Lithuania for the tournament, the uh, World Championship is the same weekend as St. Helen. So St. Helen, Michigan, and it will be February 16th, it looks like. Uh, Anthony and his wife, I think, will be doing that tournament. And, you know, a fair amount of other, you know, good traveling teams should be at that one too. And then you got Onalaska, Wisconsin, and Lacrosse, which is going to be a perch tournament. It sounds like it's pound and a quarter to pound three, somewhere in there for big fish. You know, so solid fish. That's the uh, Mississippi. You know, one of the pools just, you know, I think it's just downriver of Elma, which we fished uh, three, four, five years ago, something like that. And then uh, we end the year in Bemidji, uh, Minnesota, Minnesota yeah. for another perch tournament. So I don't know. That one will be if we're – we'll go to Bemidji if we need it for team of the year probably. But, you know, I think we got five that we're doing this year for sure. Yeah. And then tryouts are going to be – that weekend or the weekend after, I mean, it's, you know, mid-March to early right. March for tryouts, which either going to be Minnesota or Michigan, I think, this year. Yeah, we, we're we hoping to hear that pretty soon. Because well, you know, me and Myron got to talk and some of the other guys and see, you know, what we're doing for that. So Yeah, there's a lot of things figuring out. The tryouts Chad's talking about are tryouts for the— An open tryout. Anybody is welcome. Yeah, anybody can come. And we help everybody. And uh, don't feel at a disadvantage. That is for USA Ice. Yeah. Yes. We'll be going to Estonia for that yep. team. So if you're interested in that, if you go over to usaiceteam.org, there is some information there about signing up to go to tryouts. We don't have the details quite yet about where they're going to be, but if you're interested, put your name in and uh, 
one of the guys will contact you. It goes off to a couple of our guys, and they'll contact you and let you know what's up about it and answer your questions about it. Now, there's also some other ones now down here in uh, southern Michigan and southern central Michigan. Our good buddy uh, Keith Niffin is involved with a group, and uh, Steph was uh, doing a little research on those tournaments. Yeah. And uh, it's not quite the big scale at uh, the there, there NAFC. Are, a lot of the guys there have fished NAFC yeah. or, or the World Championship before. you got some really good teams there to learn from. Oh, yeah. yes. You never know when Uncle Myron's going to sneak in. And yeah. No, he, it's more Bo Decker, Niffin, you know, Zach. You know, me and yeah. Anthony might do one here and there, one of us. But it's it's a good, like, stepping stone if, you know, if you're competitive there and or you like it and you want to try the next next level, you know, the NAFC is there. Yeah. So, Steph, you want to run those down? Yeah, I'll run around there. That's called the Southern Michigan Panfish Series, and that's their Facebook page as well. They have their schedule posted out there. But looking in January here, the 4th, they're on Messenger Lake. The 5th, Homer. The 11th, Long. Uh, 12th, they're in, on Marble Lake, Tip-Up Island. The 18th, I have the Homer Open. The 25th, they're in Nottawa. And the 26th, they're in Portage. And February, we got the Midwest Open on the 2nd. Uh, Randall on the 8th. Union on the 9th. Wampler's on the 15th. The Bob BC Open on the 16th. They'll be on Lake Jordan the 22nd. Duck Lake the 23rd. And they're going to have their Classic on the 29th. And that lake will be determined. Cool. Cool. Yeah, so there's some opportunities for those of you guys in uh, western and central Michigan, even, uh, you know, driving from all over the lower peninsula. There's some opportunities yep. for that. And The entry fee on those is $40 a team. Oh, that's so that's, a, that's that's pretty easy. reasonable. Yep. Forty. Yeah, I think it's 40 then big fish. Yeah. Probably got about 50 bucks wrapped up into it. Yeah, you can do but... big crappie, big bluegill. Yeah, so Nine if pops. you guys, you know, are feeling a little competitive edge when you get out there, no Garmin, No Garmin units for that. No, no panoptics or yeah. live scope for that. And no machines for that. So, you know, all that, walking tournaments. Yeah, that's one of the biggest things that people are talking about right now is the the live scope and panoptics, you know, in tournaments. But, you know, some of the tournament circuits are talking about banning them. But, I mean, if you want to be one of the top circuits, you can't really hold it back. Well, then some of like, the top circuits are sponsored by those companies. Yeah, it'd be like Bassmaster saying you can't use, uh, you know, no a fishing pool. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can't. I mean, it's hard to limit stuff. But it is a lot of the new teams think they're disadvantaged, or the old teams that don't have it think they're disadvantaged. But I mean, there's still a place when cameras and sight fishing are going to be dominant, or just flat out fishing, local knowledge. There's a lot of different things. I mean, and if you guys, you know, don't have all that equipment and you think you got those hardcore skills, you can always go fish with us on Team USA. Yeah. And uh, where there's we no electronics. Don't use any of that stuff. You can pre fish with the pan optics. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. <laughs> A lot of people don't pre-fish these tournaments, so yeah, it's a you know it it's it's a different game out there with the different leagues and the different series and stuff. And there's something out there pretty much for everybody, even if you just want to go to your neighborhood lake. Uh, if there's something nearby, it, sometimes it's worth it to pay the forty bucks a team to go out and fish with the other guys and learn a few new things. Yep, no, the NAFC does seminars. They do. It's two hundred and fifty to get into the tournament, so it's a little bit pricey. It's not. It's usually the least amount of the cost, you know, between the hotel, food, gas. Entry fee is usually the least mm-hmm. the least expensive part. Yeah, but if you're and interested. It's a, you will learn a lot. You're going to learn a ton. 
And quite often, you know, it's just going to a weigh-in is very impressive to watch it. Now, I know that a lot of the times, uh, especially with NAFC, they broadcast them with the Facebook Live if they've got a good internet connection. Yeah, that's the hard part. Some of the places we go. <laughs> you know, you, the more the exotic the land, you never know what you're going to get. I know. Well, you got to weigh fish indoors. So, I mean, it's like uh, there might not be Wi-Fi in the back corner of the garage where we can use a bit inside building. <laughs> Sometimes we're nice, like St. Helens, where we get a school. But otherwise, you never know. But, uh, yeah, getting your game on for tournament fishing is, uh, you know, kind of that next level of stuff. And if you're interested, tell you what, there is a lot of opportunities yeah. around and the, the state. Tur- I mean, what you learn tournament fishing will make you a better fisherman overall. It's not just for tournament fishing. You need to apply You can apply it to any kind of, you know, the local lakes you go to, how people find fish, stay on fish, and how they catch, get the fish to react and bite eventually. You know, so, I mean, it'll teach you a lot. Cool. Hey, when we come back, we're going to talk just a little bit about some early ice strategies and our plans around here in Michigan, how they differ from uh, lake to lake and what kind of lakes, and try and give you some tips. So uh, we're the MI Ice Guys, and we're going to be right back. Guys, we're back, and uh, it's time to talk a little strategy. Um, we, Steph and I had a great opportunity. Uh, Chad came down and joined us before they took off to uh, scout out the lakes for the championship at Allen Bob's. Had a great turnout there. I think uh, somebody counted like almost 80 people or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a great Thursday night. Yeah, and, nice night. Uh, the deals. Oh, my God. If you guys don't come out to when they announce an ice night, doesn't matter where in the state you are. Uh, all the big sporting goods stores do them, but go because they've got some great preseason deals, and quite often the factory reps are there giving some bump items. Uh, I know that we were working with K&E, so they were giving a jig away after you bought three, mm-hmm. uh, which is a hell of a deal. Uh, really cuts down the price of your jigs when you want to start stocking up. At DNR, we had to add more chairs to the room. We had over 80 people just in yeah. the seminar. DNR, we did a it's number crazy. of ceremon- uh, seminars. And uh, did our ever-popular ice panel there. Yeah. And uh, that's that's always a fun thing because we really don't come in with any kind of topic. We count on the Question, attendees to ask questions. Yeah. Right. That last group on Sunday, there was just a few of them. They, left, they all left with numerous jigs and product. Those oh, guys, yeah. Those guys got the hookup. <laughs> one, of, uh, one of our good friends, the, the Rapallo rep, uh, God, he came through, and I just happened to be picking on him as was I was. Ged? Yeah, Ged was there. And I was picking on him as he was going on because he was trying to sneak some of his stuff out back, you know, get packed up because he's got to drive back to Ludington. And uh, I made mention about somebody asked what kind of line, and I saw Ged going through. So I said, suffix. And he came back through, and I says, yeah, still using that suffix line. And pretty soon he went out to the car, and he got a couple of boxes of suffix and gave everybody in the seminar. Spool of two pound. Spool of two pounds. So, he, you know, the reps really do love talking ice fishing. <laughs> And, you know, when we're out repping, it's, it's a lot of fun just to talk to people and answer their questions. doesn't matter how basic they are. They or From spearing to pike fishing to walleye fishing. Perch. Yeah, we had our spearing yeah, guy. We had everybody. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it was a lot of fun. But now as we're transitioning in, our season's getting close to home here, getting going. And we were talking in the first segment about finding those lakes and going hunting for them. You know, we talk about the different tactics that we use on different kinds of lakes. Now, Chad was talking when they're up there in Minnesota, they had some deep basins that were producing that wasn't really the expected thing right off the bat. Yeah, a lot of Minnesota lakes are a weed bed fishery. And you kind of got to, I mean, you got to figure out what kind of lake you're on. I mean, southern Michigan, for the most part, has a lot of weed bed lakes with some basin stuff where mid to northern Michigan is more basin with a few weed bed lakes. So you got to kind of figure out what kind of lake you're on before you go out or when you get there or talk to somebody. Pull up your avionics. Yeah, you have to be able Mm -hmm. to figure out. The quicker you figure out what kind of lake you're on, you then know, you can plan your and tactic. It's probably food source. Is a Wiggler Lake? Is it a, you know, a, the Bloodworm Lakes with you uh, know? What's the? Everything shows up on your fish finder in the dark. Oh, the uh, phytoplankton and yeah, stuff. Uh, you know, you got to figure out what kind of lake, what they're feeding on, what kind of lake it is. Yeah, they got they a lot go of minnows, or they got yeah. a lot of bugs, or freshwater yeah. shrimp. Yeah, you know, there's. Finding out what their food source is, and I, I listened to a guy the other day that he was talking about, you know, he'll open one up once in a while and just see what the fish have been feeding on. Yep. Check it out, you know. Look down their mouth, man. It's usually laying right there in their throat to see like what they've trout, been feeding on. Trout guys, you know, have little syringes, that their vials that they kind of pump the stomach and get them to cough up, you know, puke up what they're eating, and you can go from there. Same thing, ice fishing. Yeah, you just got to figure out what they're after, and then you can... Uh, do some targeting on that stuff. So maybe get on presentation. Now the 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 weed bed lakes, you know, Cadillac Mitchell that we were talking about, not real super deep lakes. Uh, the tactics that we were using last year, we were working edges of weed beds. Yeah, in those early days. Is that what you were finding when you were up there the other day? Yeah, eight to ten feet of water. Eight weed beds. Working the edges. On the edges. Yeah. yeah. You didn't want to be right in them. The early season fish, they just haven't been fished yet. So, I mean, they're usually pretty aggressive in feeding. So that helps. As midwinter sets in and stuff like that, you know, you have to, they get a little pickier. They've seen a lot of stuff and you might have to downsize. But right now you can get away with pretty big, pretty fast presentation. Yeah, I know that uh, when we went up that first time on Cadillac last year, we were we were jigging hard. I mean, a very, very aggressive jig to get them to follow up out of the school. And out uh, of weed beds, getting their attention from farther. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And fishing high. And a lot like of times it. when you're doing that, you want to use something brighter, maybe something flashy, maybe gold. Glow. Gold. Yeah, all those different things to get their attention. Uh, you know, they're not just hanging right there. They're a little bit sheltered or you got to draw them in. In weed beds, you got to figure out kind of the lanes that they're swimming through. So, you know, you put a big, you put a pattern of holes out there and you'll eliminate you know, two thirds of them, three quarters of them, something like that, that, you know, there might be fish around there, but they don't swim right through where they're going to see your bait or they just don't feed in that area. Right. There's, there's feeding lanes in weed beds. So you got to figure that out. Basins, it's kind of more like just getting in front of the school. So it's different, different styles. Well, and you want to be prepared with the equipment to do that. You know, having a, having a drill instead of hand augering. Uh, it's very power auger, anything cut multiple holes. Yeah. You're going to plan on a lot of holes rather than, you know, I remember when I was a kid, grandpa drilled two holes, one for me, one for him. And we sat there, spot them out. 
That's where you're fishing. Yeah. Oh, you know, Grandpa was fancy. He had one of them spoon augers. Oh, spoon augers, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we didn't have to beat on it with a with a die bar. But, uh, you know, the modern uh, cordless drill adapter on those things is a, a real easy economical thing to do. I mean, yeah, a lot of people already have the drill. The, you yeah, know, you own a itself, 18 volt drill. Auger, you know, and you just got to get an adapter now. Yeah, less than 20 bucks. Yep. Uh, you can run right over to Meyer, Allen Bob's, uh, DNR Sports, Frank's, Jay's. They all have them. And uh, make sure you put the the retaining plate on them, though. We hear the story every winter about the guy that doesn't put the plate on them, and it falls out of the chuck, and the auger goes down the hole. And I don't care how good you are with a magnet. The odds (laughs) of you getting that thing back up are pretty slim. It's going to be tough. So Doable, but... Slap that plate on there. a lot of time not fishing. I like (laughs) to say that it helps keep it off the leg of your pants, too, because... Grew up in a farming community with those uh, PTO shafts. Spinning things scare me. Oh, yeah. Uh, that that winds you right up and uh, cause an injury and stuff. Now, those you talked about the basin lakes, and now you're fishing a little deeper. And when the, you get on those basin lakes... It, those fish are normally schooled up, and when you find them, you've got a lot. Yeah, so. and you can set on them for a little while. Yeah, normally you can set and take the, take the bigger fish out of them, fishing above them. Yeah, and you get a lot of fun. So the, finding out and using Navionics, and I know we've talked about Navionics in the past, it's a app that you buy for your phone. I think it's 15 bucks now. Pretty economical to do that, and it gives you all the maps. You can use that as your GPS. I mean, you know, it's nationwide, I think, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, when you buy it, it's nationwide. So uh, you're covered for anywhere you're going to ice fish, and if you've got a boat, you know, you can go in the summer with it and – Mark out structure. I know that we've done that with uh, both Steph and Chad's boats in the warm water weather. Go out and scope a lake and, you know, mark down some things. Drop a pin and mark it up and we go do, back to it. When we're on our way to tournaments or even when we're sitting at the house, sometimes relaxing, it's, you know, we'll look at Navionics or, you know, your map on your fish finder and you'll kind of pick out spots that you want to check on the lake and to try to figure out the pattern. You know, your inside turns, your, you know, your points and, your your wider contours that might grow the weeds a little bit better than than others so i mean well you you know any of you guys that have ever been around us when we're hanging out in a cottage or one of our houses or something you know we've always figured out how to uh cast our phone up onto the tv so that we're all like doing a committee on where we should go and what we should do and if we're not doing that we're watching youtube videos of somebody else fishing uh it's a real educational thing and doing your research before you get out there just makes you look smarter and you catch more fish and in turn it turns out to be a little more fun i mean the top teams in the tournament circuit have game plans and ideas of what they want to do they don't just drive to the lake and be like i'm going over here you know they like they have a plan of what they're doing and they do that and when they find fish they leave fish to find more fish for tournament fishing that's what you have to do regular day you know just out fun fishing you want to go to spots to have fun yeah but you still need to find those spots. And you got to know how to find those. And so we're just trying to equip you with some tools to do that. Check out uh, some of the reviews of some equipment we got out there. Hopefully, we're going to get the guys to contribute to write a review of the live scope. Um, I'm hoping to get out on the ice with them pretty soon and see it. So we're going to write something up for the website on that. But uh, we've had some fun, but it's time for us to go get a beer and a pizza and uh, – 
do uh, some fishing. Talk so more ice fishing. We'll talk some more <laughs> ice fishing, and we're going to be back with you with another episode, probably a week and a half, two weeks. We'll figure that out and see if we can get some of the other guys to stop by on their way home from work. And if you get out there, post a, post your ice thicknesses. Yeah, you can post the ice, the ice thickness on the ice map. That always helps uh, mm-hmm. everybody when they're navigating around the state to find a great place to take maybe the kids fishing too. So we're I'm uh, Chaz. We got Steph and Chad in the house tonight. Uh, we're all Jones and get out on the ice. So guys, take care and have a Merry Christmas. We'll talk to you soon. Guys, be sure to check out miiceguys.com. Not only do we have our past episodes available for download. But we also have some recipes, our ice map, and some great product reviews, as well as some tips and tricks that you might be interested in. You can also follow us on Facebook, but remember, the source is miiceguys.com.